Welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris and I'm joined as ever by Stu. Hello. And by Tom. Hello. How are we gents? Very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to another week of motorsport. Yay! It's uh, (laughs) the first non-race week of the season, uh, but we're looking ahead to Bahrain in a few days' time. Uh, But as always, we will run through a few bits of news from the motorsport world first of all, uh, and starting in really the only place we can start this week, which is Billy Monger, who you may remember as the driver who had the horrific accident less than a year ago where he um, lost both of his legs. He made his racing return in British F3 this weekend, uh, qualified fifth and finished on the podium in third at Alton Park, which is Bang just in. mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. Absolute, absolute legend. Like when the if we first saw the news of like the extent of his injuries, it was like if he makes it back to racing a car at any point in the future ever, that would have been an amazing achievement. And yeah. less than a year, and he's sticking it on the podium in, you know, like British F three is like a properly competitive series. Yeah, he's yeah. even moved up. Like his accident yeah. was in F four, so not only has he come back, he's made that step up. Yeah, just. <laughs> Incredible! It's insane, stuff. absolutely insane. I'm really, over really the moon is. for it. I'm absolutely yeah. over the moon with, with the, that news. It's just the best. The drive of that kid is just something yeah. else. Like, I remember, like at the time, he was like, he'd barely kind of <clears throat> been uh, woken up again. He was already sort of asking about how he can drive, kind of going forward. Yeah, <laughs> like just so unfazed with everything. Um. So yeah, hats off to Billy. Absolutely amazing. Um. He only actually had a one race deal at the time, um, but I'm sure off the back of that, the s- sponsorship and contracts for the whole season should not be far behind. I would have thought. Mm, I hope so. He's he's yeah. definitely proved he's worth worth a few bob, hasn't he? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you've got to kind of think that maybe giving him the drive for this first race is kind of <clears throat> it's a nice good news story to kind of have him back, but. The fact that he came back and was one of the fastest guys out there, yeah, having not raced in almost a year, is yeah, like it shows the kids still got some speed. So yeah, really yeah. hope he gets a yeah <clears throat> gets a full season out of that. Mm. So if you're listening, any any big sponsors out there, get get on the phone to Billy Monger's agent. <laughs> yeah, send your money Billy's way. Back to the world of F1, uh, and Red Bull are pushing for a ban on uh, qualifying engine modes, or the so-called party modes, as Lewis Hamilton has uh, <laughs> mentioned uh, this year. Um, Mercedes famously for the last few years have been able to, in Q3, just flick on another engine mode and suddenly go like half a second quicker than anyone else. Um, yes, yeah, so Red Bull are essentially saying they want drivers to be racing in the same engine mode that they qualify in which obviously these engine modes for qualifying wouldn't be able to run more than a few laps without annihilating the engine especially in our brave new world of three engines for a season yeah yeah it's it's an interesting Um, subject isn't it this because obviously there's 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 logic to what he's saying because if if you're if the car is in park ferme and they're then changing the 
the mode of the engine, then there's an argument to say that you're sort of breaking that rule. Yeah, it's like how much does software changes come under? Because it kind of goes back to Schumacher's first title when, like, the car had a menu option on it to turn on traction control, which was banned. And... (laughs) they could never prove that it was being used in the race because it was, you know, it's not a physical thing. It's just a couple of switches you press. Like, it was like a secret combination of buttons on the steering wheel. Yeah. So it's like as much as, like, a lot of people think he probably had traction control for his first championship. Like, there's no way of ever actually proving it. And it sort of feels like it's in the same ballpark. It's not quite a secret or rule-breaking, but... No, but it'd be very, very difficult to police. There's, There's... Yeah, that's the trouble. Not really a way of... Because these engines have so many different settings to them. And, and you know, they're a dynamic thing. You, you, what One part of the rules is you are allowed to free change the engine mode during the race to, to suit, you know, different fuel loads and stuff like that and, and different different power modes to give... you. Obviously, each engine mode makes the car handle differently. So if you're in a situation with your tyres where you need less power, then yeah. you turn the engine down a touch. And conservation um, in terms of fuel as well. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah, just totally. fuel these days, but also obviously just just wear and tear yeah. on the engine now. Mm. So I cannot see I can't see that coming in this season. Can you guys? No, totally. I mean, it does kind of smack a little bit of sour grapes from Red Bull because mm. the Renault engine doesn't have the same modes that the Mercedes engine does. And I could, you know, if it was the other way around, I doubt. Red Bull would be saying, "No, sorry guys, we'll we'll not use that setting anymore." It's like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was again, the people that, behind you doing the complaining. That that's all again. That's all part of Formula One, isn't it? It's like if you don't yeah, totally. if you don't have it, get it banned yeah. or or <laughs> develop it the same way. So classic, classic Formula One. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I can't see that changing at all. To be honest, it's a, not even within the this kind of era of engines. To be completely honest, it might be something they'll change for the next set of engine regulations but um yeah we'll see um oh that's a nice segue speaking of the next generation of engines um renault are pushing for an engine freeze from 2019 um so the current when do the current engine regulations end it's 2021 is the new engines yeah so renault essentially are saying that there should be an engine freeze from 2019 to avoid uh, manufacturers having to basically develop two engines in parallel like carry on developing the current one while also building a whole new one which you know makes sense they're not cheap things to design and build um, mm. again it's something coming from Renault who have a much smaller budget than uh, the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari but I actually think this is kind of a logical smart idea it is yeah Um if you've got the most powerful engine. That's true, yeah. I mean, it's almost surprising that it's coming from Renault because they're potentially yeah. painting themselves into a corner. Like, if they've not developed up to the same level as Mercedes and Ferrari by then, they are condemning themselves to another two years of having a slower engine. Mm. That's. I think that's the worry for me. Like, you could, you're going to end up getting to 2019... And unless they've got something in the bank and they've got a real, real jump coming up in the next sort of what? Well, 12 months. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the next 12 months' time, then I'd, 
they're just going to be they're resigning themselves to the back of the grid for well not the back yeah. of the grid but you know further down certainly the grid not the for front yeah and of so course I, the worry is one, the worry is you get to 2019 and someone like Mercedes or Ferrari suddenly finds some new development that sticks half a second on them over the rest of the field and if that happens at the start of 2019 like that's it they've got that advantage for yeah. the next few years this this yeah. ultimately plays into Mercedes it sounds better than anyone's though if you think about it with, yeah, with totally. them more or less having the engine lead still um it's it's clear that there's still an advantage there and if that was frozen at this point in time you would say that Mercedes had got the front running spot for the next two years so and Renault would easily be third so yeah I wonder if that would be the case anyway regardless of whether there's a because they're so far ahead anyway that maybe they're just like what's the point in pumping more and more money into this engine let's just freeze everyone's engines because we know we're not going to beat them so let's try again in two years maybe it's more of a case of let's not let the others get further away let's just keep it as it is possibly rather than thinking we can catch up in this next stage it is more just let's not let them get any further away from us possibly yeah yeah. towards the end of last season they were sort of getting much much closer weren't they but because they and they even won a few races last season so it wouldn't be a the end of last season wouldn't have been a terrible time for them to do this but the engines these engines this year are almost like completely different engines because they have to last so much longer so all the parts are so much more hard wearing that it kind of sets up a clean slate almost Renault mm, specifically true. focused in that area though as well so maybe there's a little something in terms of wear and tear that Renault want to hold on to maybe they feel they've got an advantage in that area in terms of the longevity yeah. of the engines and that's why they're looking into sort of freezing the development that, yeah possibly it, it could be it because over over I think you lose about you lose a big chunk of power over over the lifetime of the engine so maybe yeah. there's something in their engines that that maybe their power doesn't degrade in the same way yeah. their engines do and they maybe they've already figured that out and they're trying to lock yeah that in. possibly mm, interesting yes um so looking ahead to 2021 um f1 are going to be presenting their first uh sort of vision of the 2021 regulations to teams this weekend in bahrain so i'm sure we'll kind of have stuff from that leak out and trickle through uh, the media over the weekend um there's sort of been ideas in the past it's sort of leading towards getting rid of the mgu h and making the mgu k bigger and more powerful i think um and maybe having driver uh, triggered curves rather than kind of the energy being pushed back in through software and stuff like that um there's a, there's a lot of pressure on them to get these regulations right because this current engine generation has been divisive i think is the, mm. the nicest way i can put it um mm. and obviously you've got people like aston martin and potentially Cosworth are have basically said like we want to be there it's up to you to put forward a proposal that is attractive to us so yeah interesting what direction they're going yeah and there's a there's a lot of so obviously let's not forget there's been the resistance from Ferrari and Mercedes as well about do it going sort of straying too far from 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 their own ideal of what it should be because that those two teams seem quite aligned yeah. on what they what they want mm. and 
there's been all kinds of threats of like breakaway series and which I don't think could ever happen but you know they've threatened that before um but there's definitely this sense of those two teams are going to be pulling the strings to get what they want out of these regulations so we're in for some fireworks over this next few years cuz that's going to be this is these are the first very first shots of yeah totally. what's going to be a long old battle it's always interesting to see which teams say what after these new kind of rule ideas come out and there's always at the end of the day these teams are always looking out for themselves aren't they they always put themselves first yeah for sure uh, no matter what happens um in other news uh ross braun uh, did an interview recently talking about the uh 2021 regs um, and said that the lack of overtaking is something they're very much uh working on he actually said they're already like six to nine months of research into um the aerodynamic uh, regulations um just after he uh took his job with f1 he also hired pat simmons who was uh, at williams for many many years and also a guy called jason somerville who was williams head of aerodynamics for a number of years uh basically working on the aero rules um because <clears throat> the, i mean the current rules like everybody said it as soon as they uh were released that these cars aren't going to be good at following and overtaking each other and that's very much been the case for the last few years and it's looking like potentially this year is going to be the worst of the lot um ross braun called it a force field around the cars that means you just can't get within sort of a second of uh the car in front um yes yeah, so they've they've said they're essentially working on aero regs that still allow <clears throat> high down force but without creating all this horrible air to uh, ruin the car running behind um, which I mean that sounds like an ideal but <laughs> it, historically the more aero you add to cars the harder it is for cars especially to that front wing so like, exactly yeah, they were, <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. The front wing and the barge boards yeah, aero seem to be the they want to do it without problem. oversimplifying the front end but ultimately that is kind of where the problem is and if they can find a way exactly, to do it, yeah. then that'd be absolutely mm. brilliant. But I think it'll be a hard task to find a way to do it without restricting yeah. the dev and the complexity of the front wing and the nose of the car. Yeah. Yeah. I have a um, an, an interesting analogy for uh, anyone who doesn't know, uh, anyone who doesn't understand why it's difficult for a form, because we have a lot of like listeners don't we who are not necessarily like massive massive into formula one at least not the tech side of it yeah how deep into the tech side we like to go yeah yeah yeah. so like if to explain why a car can't follow another car if you're ever in a pool and you run your hand through the water obviously there's a lot of resistance in the water to your hand and if you run if you then run your hand through the air you feel very little resistance but then if you put your hand back in the water and run your hand through the water really fast, you'll see there's like a bubble that follows your hand. So picture that as the air around the car and that bubble forming is the sort of the drag behind it. And when a car is when a following car is inside that bubble, they don't get any of the benefits from the from the thick air that produces yeah. the downforce. Hmm. Does that was does that, that sound is like a, a decent analogy. analogy to you yeah, guys? Like, Treating air as water is always a really good way to think about. Uh, yeah, water is a very good way of yeah. visualizing what you cannot see in airflow, unless you stick something in a wind tunnel yeah. with the the smokes that they have. There's um, a smoke, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Other than 
digging out videos that show you how the airflow works over a car in that sense, I think the water analogy is probably the best one. (laughs) Yeah, Obviously, it's much, much more complex than just a hand through water in these cars, but... (laughs) Uh, in a in basic terms, that gives yeah. you a visual idea of of what we're talking about when a car is struggling to follow another car. <clears throat> so you're saying the new F1 cars should be hand shaped? That's what I'm saying. Cool. Exactly or are you it. saying that they should maybe run underwater? <laughs> underwater, that, yeah. Good. Underwater F1. Yeah. I think that's a different race series. But yeah, I think it might be <laughs> submarine race. Submarine Formula F1. Submarine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd watch that. <laughs> Yeah. Formula um, S. <laughs> on the new and just on this subject as well, what do we what would we like to see in the new Aero Formula in twenty twenty one? I mean I never thought I'd hear myself say it, but kinda like the new Indy cars. Like IndyCar had a similar problem and decided they wanted to try and fix it to let cars be able to follow each other better. And from what has happened this season in IndyCar so far, it seems like they did a hell of a job with it. It's just kind of <laughs> much more simple front and rear wings a lot less sort of aero parts on the side more kind of diffuser ground effect type uh, grip Mm. Um, and I think that's probably the route they need to go down ideally like we don't want to go full ground effect because then we'll have cars like cornering at 180 miles an hour and drivers passing it from g-forces but yes certainly more of that kind of downforce as opposed to downforce coming from wings I think is probably the best direction that can go in yeah that combined with the insane look of the formula e car would be brilliant that would be cool in a a very (laughs) sort of modern kind of hyper hyper futuristic car would be really interesting there was a there was a version of f1 rules at one point actually that was like proposed where they had like split rear wing like essentially two small rear wings over the rear wheels but nothing kind of ever came of it Mm. What about what the six like wheel Tyrrell? Let's bring that back. That's a cool <laughs> one, yeah. Loads of mechanical grip. But yeah, that's yeah. Just, but y- your pit stops might take a little bit longer, <laughs> I think, with that one. Um, I'd, you know what I'd love to see, and this is out there, but I would love to see no wings at all and move the cars back to the, Let's like, go my, all my the way favorite back. era. My favorite era for Formula One was the 60s because those cars were like cigar shaped. Yeah, they look phenomenal. You could see the way that you could see the whole body move around with um, the suspension working. That they were really, really softly sprung back in those days. And I'm not saying they necessarily need to be really softly sprung, but I wonder if there's like a modern imperter- interpretation of that without all the wings and without all the gubbins it's called loads of mechanical grip (laughs) well yeah but i mean like a formula one version of that would be a more powerful version of formula ford is what you need yeah yeah. it'd be interesting to see what they could do generating downforce from the bodywork and not from wings and stuff actually yeah yeah that's what i think like there must be there must be something out there that's a modern interpretation on like jim clark's lotus like because those were just the sexiest cars you'd almost have like a bullish the bullet on wheels wouldn't you really yeah I, f- I feel like we've moved away from sexy cars now and we're just we're in we're in we live in a world where these cars well they're amazing to look at they're, they're they're absolute sight to behold they all look more or less the same to the layman even even like yeah. an, uh, probably a layman couldn't tell you an indy car from a formula one car from a formula e car where yeah. obviously we can tell but like th- there's an opportunity here for formula one to make its cars really really distinctive and you which know is, that car when you see it which is what formula e have done with their next generation of cars yeah <clears throat> like yeah. They, they've made a car that nothing else on the planet looks like it which is really cool mm. 
Except maybe so, some yeah. form of spacecraft. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> but then, of course, with F1, you got the problem that whatever you do with the rules, car, people design a car that goes fast rather than look good. And there's been yeah. lots of cases over the year where cars have ended up looking absolutely terrible because that's the best interpretation of the rules. Yeah. I mean, even now, we're still seeing the results of that now with the anti to nose, the the thumb noses. Yeah. They're still around. Still like, are stupid thumb noses. Yeah, and their their evolution from the horrible anteaters that we had, yeah, and and the yeah. duck bills that we had before that, Ugh, like, the platypus cars, yeah, God, goodness gracious, we we we've lived through some pretty uh, when you bad look regulations at, these last few years, yeah. When you look at look back at that those like platypus looking cars now, they look even worse than they did at the time. Oh yeah, do you remember the? Uh, it was a, sadly it was a Lotus. The uh, I can't can't remember the number code for it, but um. It was the yeah. one that had the big the Maglade sticking out of the front of it. Was it? It was a Lotus, but went before Lotus merged back with yeah. Renault. It was no, green I'm Lotus. About the, oh, sorry, the Caterham. I'm thinking the it Caterham. was a Caterham Lotus. Yeah, 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 it was that one. Caterham. It, 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 I can't remember if it was a Caterham or a Lotus, but it was that era from yeah. the back running team. The I forgot who ran it now. Who ran that team? Uh, it was Gascoigne, who was a technical. Oh, guy yes, he was. I can't yes. who exactly was... ran it, but Gascoigne was on the team. Yeah, yeah. as part of it. Mm. Um, yeah, that was a sad yeah. day. There were all these yeah, rumours like, like, this is what the regulations <laughs> might end up looking like. And we're like, I'm sure they're not going to look that bad. And then they were the first yeah. to release their car. Yeah. yeah. And it was oh. just a long pull on the end of the nose to make what it a meet sad regulation. Day. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's our episode graphic right there. That, <laughs> that, um, that horrible car. <laughs> can Aero look any worse than this? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, I think we've answered that question. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, Apparently we're so. Um, on all the kind of aero stuff I've, I've mentioned before, but I can very much recommend uh, Chain Bear F1 on YouTube has a lot of videos explaining sort of how F1 aerodynamics work in some nice little animations. They are well worth a watch if it's a thing you're interested mm-hmm. in. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, McLaren are sort of talking up their chances in Bahrain um, The a lot of the upgrades that they were supposed to have in Australia are going to be there for Bahrain which uh, they reckon could be worth a few tenths a lap um, Alonso was always he's talking up their chances um, saying that he's very much looking forward to them challenging Red Bull rather than looking behind to the uh, midfield pack which is uh, bold hmm <laughs> It's, it's interesting. We've we've got a new Alonso this year. We've had a few years of Alonso, kind of. He'd have that like official optimism line, but like as soon as he was off the official like um, so I'm searching for like the company line, he would just complain about everything. And now yeah. it seems like every chance he gets, Alonso is telling people how excited he is for things and how brilliant they're going to be. Yeah, he's got an edge to him this season, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's like after Australia, like one of the first comments he made was, this is possibly going to be our worst race of the season. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that's bold coming from what you've been dealing with for the last two years or so. Tell you what, if it is, he's going to have a good season. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's interesting, like on the face of it, fifth in Australia was an amazing result but then kind of wouldn't you take out the fact that both Hasses would have finished ahead of them it doesn't look as like quite as good a result like no they're still very much a chunk behind the likes of Red Bull do you think they maybe thought they'd get at the Hasses before the end of the race though possibly I mean Mm. I mean Alonso was able to hold off 
Verstappen until the end. Yeah. Admittedly, it's a very, very difficult track to overtake on, but still, yeah. like, you've got to have, like, decent speed to be able to hold somebody off like that. The two cars have run very similar styles of setup, though, aren't they? I guess the, the Red yeah. Bull and the McLaren, they're very, they're very yeah, alike definitely. in some scenarios. So I'd, um, I'd be interested to see how they come out to Bahrain. I mean, I hope they're right. I'd love to see McLaren fighting up the front with the other three. Very yeah, I'd love to see if, a, a four-way fight would be next level, wouldn't it? Like, if they can get it together and you've got like Alonso, Hamilton, Vettel... Uh, Verstappen, Ricardo, even like, oh, that yeah. would be just the best race. <laughs> like, I was thinking back to was it 2011? I think when there were seven different winners in the first seven races. Yeah, yeah. like <clears throat> it was a proper three-way. Well, three teams, six drivers fight for the championship. Yeah, it was even at the end of that <clears throat> season. I think Vettel won that one, but like Alonso just missed out. Button just missed out. Yeah, uh, it was still three or four drivers could win it at the last race. Yeah. That was the, that was one of the seasons Button was facing Hamilton and he beat Hamilton. He yeah, beat Hamilton was. every yeah. season. To be like, fair, yeah. there were there were about four of them that beat Hamilton that year because there was Weber yeah, as well true. and Alonso. Yeah, we had a poor year, didn't we? So it wasn't a Went good a year for the Hamilton. boil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Also speaking of McLaren, they've gone incredibly aggressive on uh, tire choices as well for Bahrain. They've taken more of the uh, it's the ultra softs, isn't it, in Bahrain, not the hyper softs. I think. Yeah. Yes, I yes, the yes. Fir- I think the f- they've said the first time we'll see the Hypersofts is going to be Monaco. Yeah, um, that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, can't we just seeing them, these cars on super sticky tyres flying around Monaco is going to be something very special. Yeah. Um, Haas have been responding to all the talk of them uh, using last year's Ferrari, essentially. <laughs> um, Gunsteiner said. Uh, not no one else has the facts and says his cars are 100% within the rules and the FIA have seen everything because obviously this deal I've got with Ferrari is pretty unique on the grid and he says FIA have seen everything and say everything's above board and um, one thing I saw he mention was that uh, the this year's Haas has got a quite a shorter wheelbase than last year's Ferrari um, and wheelbase very much dictates the kind of aero design of a car so he was sort of saying well it's not like we could just nick aero parts and bolt them on this car because they wouldn't work in the same way and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, they've, they've also like they've been stepping up their sort of talk, talking up their other suppliers as well now. After all this, so like they've been saying, Delara has stepped up in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, th- talking about like the supply of the parts are, are much more akin to what they've been getting in the winter world because obviously whenever you build a full size part there'll be a different a slight discrepancy well the idea is to be no discrepancy at all but the quality of production depending on how good or bad it is will always yeah. be a s- ever so slight difference so they're saying they're much more aligned to the wind tunnel now and Delara really stepped up so all of the things combined according to Haas uh of making the difference but I mean it does look a lot like last season's Ferrari just to it? point out though as well <laughs> Dallara is an Italian chassis manufacturer who <laughs> uses Ferrari's wind tunnel for the Haas car so there is that yeah <laughs> make of it what you will <laughs> yeah it's sort of it feels like like every time we talk about testing we have to end everything by saying but it is testing, and it might not mean anything. No, it's like every time we talk about Haas, we just end with, 
But it does look a lot like last year's Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get to the Bahrain Grand Prix, we're going to have the first GP2 race of the season. Um, last year's Bahrain race in... Uh, sorry, not GP2, F2. Got to get, get that right. Sorry, that's my fault. My fault. <laughs> I like yeah. that you've edited the notes now after I've already <laughs> said it. <laughs> um, yeah, last year's race was one of the best of the season. That was the one where uh, Charles Leclerc decided to pit in the sprint race and charge back through the field and overtook like 14 people to win it or something. Yeah. Um, there's, it seems to be a track that suits F2 cars more than F1 cars a lot of the time. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to be the first time we see the likes of George Russell, Jack Aitken, Lando Norris and co... Uh, in their new F2 cars, um, and also the first time we'll see the new F2 car design racing as well. Yeah. So, hopefully, they race as well as the last generation did. Yeah, let's hope so. And mm. um, just on the competitive order of that uh, uh, that series as well, George Russell, Jack Aitken, and Lando Norris all topped testing at various yeah day on various on the various days of testing. It's going to be a super tight fight. Yeah, um, who's I mean, your money on, guys? Mm, Early season, who do you think would win? It's a very it's... difficult series to pluck something like that yeah. out. Um, oh, I, personally, I think it's more that I'd want to see it than anything. But I think George Russell's got a decent chance just because he's at ART as well. You've got certain teams that yeah. are obviously worth being with in F2, and ART, Dams, and Primo are probably those three. Maybe Carlin as well, so that's Lando Norris might have a shout yeah. being at Carlin. Yeah, possibly. Well, they, Carlin, t- Lando Norris did top testing on one one of the days, one of the later yeah. days, so mm, that's true. absolutely possible. It, they're a new generation of car, aren't they? Everyone's sort true. of getting their heads around them, and there's a lot of lot of learning to do from everyone. So it's going to be really open, I think, this this early season until everyone sort of figures the cars out. Yeah, I mean, Lando Norris has got a ridiculously good record. He's basically won. <laughs> everything championship wise he's been in this point yeah. in his career although I, I do think this season I'll probably lean slightly more towards George Russell just because he's got a bit more experience um, yeah and obviously he's coming up from a GP3 win as well GP3 champion yeah yeah won the GP uh, he absolutely smashed yeah. the GP3 championship yeah he did season. plus he's already done a chunk of F1 testing as well yeah not only that he's already talking about the target is to win the championship yeah, absolutely. in the rookie yeah. year which which why wouldn't it be? Is is you know he's oh yeah he's totally. proved himself. <clears throat> it's and he's got Mercedes backing. Yeah, F two is very much a series that you can jump in your first season and be targeting realistically targeting the championship straight away. Like it's been done many times before. One one person yeah. that I'm sort of interested to see if he can settle at Prima and and have a good year is Nick DeFries because I'd I'd like the look of Nick DeFries last year, um, but he was at it was at least two different teams, if not more, um, and pulled a couple of podiums out of it. I think he even got a win as well. But he was moving teams, which is never easy in that series because you're working with a whole different no, bunch of no. people across two different parts of the season. So being at Prima, Prima's a good team. So I'd be interested. Like He's one for me to keep my eye on this year. Yeah, hmm. Prima's uh, who uh, Charles Clerk raced for it last is, season, yeah. isn't it? And, uh, and also who... Uh, Pierre Gasly and uh, Giovinazzi yeah. raced for the year before so they are yeah. very much one of the top drives you know what I like about Formula 2 the f- the fact that the champion can't enter well not, no, well, the fact that the champion can't enter the yeah. season 
next yeah. the next season. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it'd be it'd be an interesting debate to say if the Formula One champion couldn't race for the same team the next season <laughs> after winning. Would we get such consistent victories from teams? You know, it, it'd really sort yeah. out who the best driver is. So they're allowed in the sport, Ooh. but not the same it, it'd team. It'd never happen. But That'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know what'd happen, mm. wouldn't you? Mercedes would say to someone like 14-year-old Williams that, yes, we'll supply you an engine, but if we win a championship, you have to have our driver and then you have to give him back yeah, the following and, season. Yeah, and you have to give yeah, us yeah. so-and-so that we're going to put in your car yeah. and we're going to swap the two. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. They'd find a way to they, ruin they, it. There'd be, deal, <laughs> sure. be deals yeah. struck for sure. Oh, so many deals. Interesting concept, though, eh? For sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'd open up the... It'd probably open up the order a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Do you know what the stuff that Liberty Media are talking about? Like, you wouldn't put like stuff like that past them. There's been I saw rumblings today of like them talking about having like a sprint race on Saturday as like a qualifying yeah. race again. Is kind of resurfacing. I, I, this last couple of days, I've kind of because we had April Fool's Day yesterday, <laughs> and it, it feels to me like the F1 media have just discovered April Fool's Day because the the amount of nonsense I saw. Oh yesterday yeah, so many terrible ones was, as well. Yeah, really rubbish ones as well. Like yeah, uh, there, there was there was one particular one that had about twenty different predictions in it that w- that were not even. Uh, it just wasn't even funny. But anyway, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, bo- I'm moaning there. So there's no point. <laughs> Um, uh, Lewis Hamilton announcing he was moving to MotoGP was fairly well done, I thought. But yeah, even so, using an old Instagram photo that he yeah. taken like years ago <laughs> and sticking just a fake BBC News ticker <laughs> yeah. over it or something. Yeah, yeah. I saw a really good one about um, Kimi Raikkonen's retirement that had "Make Your Own Headline dot com watermark" in the top right hand corner. Bit of a giveaway, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, right. Shall we move on to some predictions? Yes, I guess so. Let's do it then. You sound so enthusiastic. So I'd be more enthusiastic if I was you. You've absolutely smashed. <laughs> yeah, you're doing all right. Uh, it's a difficult week. This one. This is the week of. Do things continue as they were? Was it a fluke? Like, yeah. Where do we go from and here? Australia is traditionally just a race of weird results. Anyway. Yeah. Very true. Shall we talk about last season's Bahrain Grand Prix really quick? Let's do it. Just to give you some context. Bit of context. So, uh, pole position last year was Bottas. Um, the race finished with 14 cars still running. Uh, it's not many for Bahrain. Sorry, 13. 13 finishers, even though 14 were classified. That's even less than we had in Australia last week, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. 13. Because uh, Alonso retired on lap 54, his power unit. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, so he was classified because he was within a few laps of the end. Uh, the winner was Vettel despite yep. Bottas being on pole Bottas finished third and that was well I can't say what a random driver was because that could just be anyone could <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who the random driver was that race yeah, no idea yeah no idea it's getting very into the weeds yeah so who's going to go first I've actually written mine down ahead of time this week for the first time ever um, really? Oh, we said we'd do that, didn't we? And then we yeah, didn't. Yeah, I did my homework. <laughs> did you guys? Yeah. Oops. So I guess I'm I'll better go on first the fly. Then. I'm better on the fly. If I think about it too <laughs> much beforehand, it's like tinkering. You should never tinker. Just do it. So yeah, um, go on then, Tom. You can. You just do it now. Okay. <laughs> Hamilton, fastest qualifier. Hamilton. 
Uh, Chris, who have you got? Uh, I'm going to go Bottas again. I think he's going to have Bottas. a... After his shocking first race, I'm backing him for a bit of a comeback. I'm going to be boring and say Hamilton as well, because no. it's no. going to be a Mercedes, isn't it? Yeah. Party mode still, still exists. So, uh, yeah. Who you got for the winner, Chris? Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Tom? Kimi Matthias Raikkonen. Ooh. Kimi Matthias Raikkonen. Is that right, his middle name? Uh, win, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Hamilton as well for the win. I'm, I'm going for points this week, lads. <laughs> Unlike last week where uh, you were just in it for the fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, first DNF. Let's go Chris because you've already got yours. Uh, power track, Honda explosion. Uh, I'm going Gasly. Mm. Gasly. Good shout. Uh, first DNF for me will be... Uh, if you're going to say Gasly, I'm going to say Hartley. I, I was picking between the two of them, to be honest. Yeah, Tom? Um, I'm going to go turn one incident, Marcus Ericsson. Booyah. Nice. Ericsson. Okay. Mr. Uh, turn one incident, Marcus Ericsson. <laughs> Mr. Turn one incident himself, <laughs> <laughs> Maldonado Jr. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris, who, how oh, many you got for finishing? Speaking of Maldonado, I don't know if we mentioned this, but he's back. Maldonado is going to be racing in... Uh, World Endurance Championship in LMP2. I think we touched oh, yeah. on it last time but we did. another Maldonado yeah. is here and it, did you notice that one of the F3, uh, Formula 3 races this weekend at Alton Park was won by A. Oh, Maldonado is um, yes is he, I, I believe it's his cousin nephew? or his nephew something his cousin, like yeah. that yeah but yeah there's well, more of them I'm sure we'll have Mal- <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sure we'll have Maldonado really. updates throughout the season <laughs> Uh, number so Chris, of finishers. I'm going to go finishes. 15 this time. 15 finishers. Uh, Tom Biotton to go. Um, a little more than Australia, I think, because we run at the night here now. So, well, dusk. So 16. 16. I am going to say. Ah, oh, 16 seems like a really sensible number to me as well. It's going to be in that ballpark, um, isn't it? If I match you to, oh, I'm not. We're not too matched. I'm going to go 16 as well then. Nice. At this. Uh, and then the random driver. Who have got the random driver? The random driver this week is. Ooh, Sebastian Vettel. Wow. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Big week. Big week. Already a big week. Okay. All right. I'm uh, going to you... get in straight away with second. Second. Yeah. That's a good shout. Tom. Oh, no, it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, well, I can't. I'll never get a quick clean. I've got to go for the clean sweep, haven't I? So I can't have him for the win. So I am going to say second as well. See, now I have to be really careful here because there's. N- I don't think there's any way realistically Ferrari would let Raikkonen win and Velcan second. <laughs> so yeah, he has to be yeah. at least. He's going to be. He's going to be fourth, and the McLarens are going to be sandwiched between them. Fourth, the McLaren. Uh, the McLaren. Yeah, no, what? I didn't mean that. I meant the Mercedes. <laughs> I meant the Mercedes. That's a bold <laughs> That's a bold oh, so you've got. So have you, who have you got for the win? You got Raikkonen for the for win, the win, then the two Mercs, and then Vettel. Vettel. Yeah. Maybe oh. maybe some Ooh, something goodness. that holds Vettel up, whether bad pit stops, like something it. like that. I'm I like thinking. it out of the box here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, those are some good predictions yeah, this week. Nice. I'm excited. Nice, nice spread between us as well, like that. Mm, I've I've well. gone for the left field this time. But then again, the last time I went yeah. left field, Raikkonen, I think it got me a lot of points. Yeah. So, yeah. Paid, paid off. off. Yeah, can pay off. <laughs> yeah, 
can pay off. That's why I did it last week. But any- anyway, anyway, anyway. Yes, right. So that's what we think. Um, but it's no fun unless you guys all get involved as well. Um, so by the time you hear this, uh, predictions will be open on backofthegrid.com. Uh, you can go and sign up if you haven't already and fill in your predictions. Uh, those who entered last week, you can also see last week's results and the current leaderboard. Um, yeah, so please get involved, and the more the merrier. Uh, as always, <clears throat> we will have some f- sort of prize for anyone who can get a full 5 out of 5, uh, and obviously there will be a prize at the end of the season for our champions as well. Um, and I think that's probably it for this week. So if you want to get in touch to let us know anything, ask us any questions, anything like that, you can tweet us at Back of the Grid F1. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. You just search Back of the Grid. We're also on Instagram at back of the grid and as i mentioned back of the grid.com is our website where you can do predictions and see a bunch of other stuff that might be on there uh if you want to find any of us i'm on twitter at tnm chris Stu is Stu underscore px and tom is tom king 89 so unless there's anything else from you guys i think that is us that is us that is us cool thanks for listening everyone and we will speak to you again after the bar ain't grand bye everyone goodbye bye This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.